Your theater is made possible in part by Sound Alternatives, a specialty music store at 7384 Reading Road. Sound Alternatives specializes in New Age, International World Beat, Folk, Celtic, Light Jazz, and Blues. Sound Alternatives, 531-1299. And here are today's closings from the Chicago Board of Comedy Futures. Pork belly laughs up a quarter, sheep jokes down a half and looking bad. Clichés up too and going through the roof like a house of fire if you have a nice day. And animal impressions, as always, unchanged and holding steady at... Riders Radio Theater is on the air. Radio, it's Riders on the radio. Come on, Parker, saddle up and go. Get ready for the cowboy show. You're We've been working since the break of day. We've been doing it the cowboy way. Now it's time to play. We're gonna ride and rope and wrangle the tune. We're gonna hoop. And holler, holler at the moon. Yes, partners, it's time to saddle up and ride the airwaves once again with America's favorite cowboys, riders in the sky. Too slim, a man of many hats. Woody Paul, the king of the cowboy fiddlers, and Ranger Doug, the idol of American youth. Not yet. This is Texas Big Spender inviting you to join Riders in the Sky for a thrilling program of high yodeling adventure. We're gonna ride and rope and wrangle a tune. We're gonna hoop and holler and howl at the moon. Every buckaroo, and buckaroo. There's a place around the fire for you with Riders in the Sky. So come on and let's ride. the 2,527th performance of their courageous career, here are Riders in the Sky! Here we are indeed at the beautiful Emory Theater. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. A sold-out crowd here tonight. The folks listening to us over the airwaves and the magnificent, mellifluous voice of Texas Vicks Bender, the voice that sold a million baby chicks over border radio. Riders in the Sky, consisting of Too Slim, Ranger Doug, Woody Paul and Joey the Cowpoke King are geared up and ready to roll. We're ready to ride, cowboy, ride. Up in the morning at the break of day, you'll hear a big bearded cowboy at the chuck wagon say, Gather round, boys, the coffee's hot on the fire. There's a full day of Brandon, we're heating the irons. I want to smell that scorched hair and burning high. The horses are grain, boys, are ready to ride. Roll up your bed rolls and jump in your boots. Daylight is a waste and boys, it's out of the chutes. Come on and ride, cowboy, ride. Roll up your riettas and blow your sombrero down tight. We're gonna ride, ride, ride where the trail will wind. You better drive, drive, drive or we'll leave you behind. Come on and ride, ride. Up 
Jeepers, get ready to be at your best. Let's saddle them ponies and tighten the cinch. Pull on your gloves and take your hat off the fence. We'll get the cattle to market, and after they're sold, you can all let your hair down, get lazy, you fold. Ride into town and find a lady or two to take you by the arms and shake the dust off your boots. Come on and ride. He's back. He's bad, and he's on CBC. There are campfire legends that the plainsmen spin Of a man who was nothing like Paladin Couldn't ride, couldn't shoot, but he won his fame Cause everything he said said backwards, backwards. backwards was the same. Palindrome, palindrome, what's in a name? Palindrome, palindrome, backwards the same. Yes, palindrome. No one knew where he came from and nobody cared. Here's a scene from this week's episode. Oh, 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 palindrome, the town doctor's been shot. Yo, oi. <laughs> you, your dad is our only hope. Pa's a sap. Yeah, yeah, we, we know that palindrome, but what about your mother? Ma is as selfless as I am. <laughs> you, you. You'll see some patience then? Hey, yeah. Oh, palindrome, my student has inflamed gums. What should I do? Draw a pupil's lip upward. <laughs> Mr. Palindrome, these warts are driving me crazy. Should I put straw on them? Straw? No. Too stupid a fad. I put soot on warts. Hey, hey, palindrome, hey, hey, send that palindrome, is it, is it all right to drink alcoholic beverages, palindrome? Yo, bottoms up, U.S. motto, boy. <laughs> Mr. Palindrome, your medical wisdom has saved the town. Now, sir, a war is won. Oh, and you're so humble, too. Revered, now I live on. Oh, did I do no evil, I wonder, ever? Yes, palindrome. He gets them coming and going. This week on the CBC. Hey, with us, Saddle Pal. Here's the king of the cowboy fiddlers with a little of Bill Cheatham.
Eyes in the Sky. Thank you, Texas Dick Spender, and it's guest time here again, Saddle Pals. Woody Paul, what guest have you booked for tonight's show? Oh, we've got a great one tonight, Ranger Doug. You know, I love trumpet. Yep. We have a fine trumpet player here, a fine musician, an old friend of ours. Most folks probably know him as the leader of the Nashville Brass. These days, he's packing them in at his theater in Branson, Missouri. Please welcome Danny Davis. All right. Thank you, Danny. I'm sure this is the 
the finest four-piece cowboy band you've ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Great. Mighty fine, Danny. You Boy, <laughs> you've been in the music business a long time, haven't you, Danny? Well, I'll tell you, Slim, let me put it this way. I, I, I'm the only trumpet player still active that's performed at all six World's Fairs. <laughs> well, I bet you've seen some changes in the music business along the way. Well, yeah, you know I have. For instance, musicians today, they really have to stay on the ball because the, the competition is terrific. Well, really. yeah, but you don't exactly have to be a rocket scientist to do what we do. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute, now you're wrong about that too, Slim. Uh, most successful musicians today are actually rocket scientists in their spare time. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh. As a matter of fact, I'm a rocket scientist myself. No. Wow. Yeah, I, I do a lot of work for NASA in between road gigs. Well, it, <laughs> really? it just goes to show you think you know somebody. Really? And, uh, wow. wait, wait a minute. Now, now you guys, really, really guys, you, you, you ought to check out being rocket scientists hmm. because it, it'd be great to fall back on if this cowboy shtick of yours doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the tip, Danny. Folks, a big hand, please, for trumpet player par excellence and rocket scientist Danny Davis. Riders Radio Theater is a mammoth radio pictures production in association with WVXU. This program is being taped live at the Emory Theater in the Queen City of the West, Cincinnati, Ohio. Stay with us, Saddle Pals. We'll be right back. Here's the number one song on the National Polka Countdown. The song that named the band. Oh, Writers Radio Theater is made possible in part by Tema Systems. Tema Systems offers a complete line of chemical and mineral processing equipment systems, including chemical centrifuges, coal centrifuges, sampling systems, polyurethane screens, laboratory crushers, and laboratory screens. Welcome back, buggeroos and buggerettes. You're listening to Writers Radio Theater. Now, Riders Radio Theater presents the ongoing saga of the Cowboy Way. Tonight, episode 13, the concluding chapter of Raiders of the Vanishing Everglades. As faithful listeners will not out recall, Slogan Charlie stole a set of $100 bill printing plates from the U.S. Treasury and using counterfeit money set out to create a roller coaster empire in South Florida. Not yet. The fact that their evil scheme could quite possibly cause the ruination of one of America's greatest national resources, the Everglades, mattered little to these two fiends. But it did matter to riders in the sky, who, after thwarting the villains with the inadvertent help of a vacationing high sheriff drywall, are now in hot pursuit of them down Interstate 95 in southern Florida. And now episode 13 entitled, Sociopaths in Gosh, Ranger Doug, they're in an automobile. They won't leave tracks. They could take any exit and we wouldn't know it. Yeah, how are we gonna know which way to go each time we come to an exit, Ranger Doug? I don't know, boys, but I don't have to know. Oh, that again. But think about it. It's the concluding episode. What usually happens at this point in the melodrama? Well, we're usually racing towards a dramatic, thrilling, exciting conclusion. Exactly. And where do these conclusions usually take place? Well. Gee, I, I guess in the most dramatic, thrilling, exciting location available. Right you are, Woody Paul, and if you're counting down to a conclusion, 
What I mean is rocketing toward the finish, um, shuttling emotions toward a blast off into the final frontier of melodrama. Where in South Florida would you go that offered all of that? <gasps> These are clues. Wait a minute, I've got it. The Outlet Mall at Cocoa Beach. No, no, the, the Kentucky Fried Miniature Golf Course in Melbourne. Bean World in Palm no, Beach. No, no, no. You'd go to Cape Canaveral, formerly Cape Kennedy, formerly Cape Canaveral. Well, why go there? Never mind. Come on, let's ride. Ah! Get up there, Argyle. Oh, oh wait go. for me. Oh. Yes, it is that in the wee hours of the following morning, on an overgrown, pothole-filled, little-used back road on Cape Canaveral, a sleek, new, powerful Piper automobile sits parked in front of a long-forgotten gate to a little-used area of the John F. Kennedy Space Center. Okay, Charlie, this gate looks like our backstage pass to the festivities. Break it off. Right. <laughs> Good work. Okay, leave the car here. We'll be less obvious on foot. Come on, and stay in the shadows. Right. <laughs> Moments later, while a massive Saturn V rocket and an attached space shuttle sit waiting for an early morning launch, two familiar sleazy figures slip into the astronaut dressing room. Okay, Charlie, let's get a spacesuit on and get going. Yeah. We gotta hurry if we wanna get on board that space shuttle before anybody else shows up. Right. <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, once we get on board, we'll hide until it's launched. <laughs> uh, what do we do after that, boss? Hijack it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take it over as soon as it clears Earth's atmosphere and use it to make our getaway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> Stealthily, the two villains make their way towards the waiting rocket. Sometime later, as the final countdown has begun, riders in the sky arrive at Kennedy Space Center. Oh, oh, easy, easy, oh. oh, who goes there? Riders in the sky, and we must see the base commandant at once. And since Ranger Doug carries permanent top clearance papers from the Secretary of Defense, the sentry immediately takes the riders to see Air Force General Al Oots in the mission control room, where Ranger Doug quickly explains why they're there. So, you see, General Oops, considering that this is the 13th episode, we're quite certain that Slocum and Charlie are planning some spectacular getaway. And we believe they may attempt to hijack the space shuttle. Hmm. Well, I understand what you're saying, Ranger Doug, but I'm afraid you're barking up the wrong rocket. You see, while it's true we're getting ready to launch a space shuttle, it's not one of our regular shuttlecraft that we're sending up today. It's a new unmanned spacecraft called the Space Horn. The Space Horn? Yes, it was developed by a trumpet-playing rocket scientist who worked from NASA on a part-time basis. I see. In fact, I'm not surprised. But, General, even though this launch is unmanned, can the Space Horn carry any passengers or crew? Yeah. Uh, yes, it can facilitate two or three astronauts. But even if the Space Horn is manned, it's still controlled from here on the ground. I see. Now, is there any way we could check the shuttle out just to be sure no one's aboard before it's launched? I'm afraid even you would need additional clearance, Ranger Doug, direct from Pentagon to do that. You see, the Space Horn is carrying an ultra-top-secret military payload that must be launched on schedule, and no one is allowed anywhere near that spacecraft. Uh, I understand. And if you can tell me, when is it scheduled to return to Earth? It's scheduled to return in seven days and touch down at the NASA Space Field in California. Mm -hmm. Stand by for launching. Now, you gentlemen will have to excuse me. I have work to do, but you're welcome to stay here and observe the launch if you like. Well, thank you, General. You're welcome. You, gentlemen, proceed with the countdown there. T minus 15. 
Gosh, Ranger Doug, it looks like we'll have to look elsewhere for Slocum and Charlie. Yes, and we will. But we'll also be at the NASA Spacefield in California in seven days when the Space Horn returns to Earth, just in case it did carry a couple of unscheduled passengers. Ignition! Wow! There it goes! Wow! And so the first Space Horn is launched into space. After watching until it fades out of sight, riders in the sky leave Cape Canaveral and resume their manhunt. Meanwhile, the spacecraft has escaped Earth's gravity and is floating through space. <laughs> we did it, Charlie! <laughs> We're in space! <laughs> Look out the porthole there and all those stars! Yeah. <laughs> there are billions and billions of them! <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, boss, it kind of makes you think about your significance in the universe, don't it? Huh? I mean... They're so small, and we're so big. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I never thought of it that way before, Charlie. Uh, but I like your reasoning. <laughs> but while Slogan and Charlie enjoy being sociopaths in space, back at Mission Control, General Al Oops has just called an emergency meeting with his top rocket scientist. Rocket scientist Davis? Yes, General Oops. Oh, I just got off the horn. Well, I tell you the truth, it's about time, sir. With the chief. Ah. And the cold hard facts are these, rocket scientist Davis. N not, n not cutbacks, sir. I'm afraid so, sir, but... Well, but sir, you can't pull the plug on this mission. It, 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 it's part of the Star Wars program. Well, which part? Well, this is the part where we launch bowling at balls, <laughs> alleys too, if we can, in orbit, and then drop them on selected targets that we don't like. Well, that should certainly make an impression on our enemies, but darn it, Danny, I'm afraid my decision is final. We're not even going to go to the expense of bringing this space horn back. Pull the plug and just let it float off into space. Then you better clean out your desk. That's an order. Hmm. Okay, but... Boy, I'm telling you, I'm glad I have my theater in Branson to fall back on. <laughs> yes, I always have a good time there. Well, get on with it, rocket scientist Davis. Pull that plug on the space horn. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Let, uh, let's see now. Which the, one the was it? The one behind the VCR. Oh. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Uh, so long, Space Horn. And at that moment, inside a tiny spacecraft in deep space... Let's see, Charlie. It's time to figure out how to get manual control of this thing. Hey. <laughs> hey, boss. <laughs> the lights just went out. Uh-oh. <laughs> well... There you have it. After searching fruitlessly for Slocum and Charlie all across Florida, riders in the sky headed for the NASA space field in California, where they learned that the space horn was lost in space. <coughs> Not yet. Back in Florida, acting on information supplied by America's favorite cowboys, a special government task force launched an investigation that led to the arrest of the crooked Tallahassee lobbyist who had arranged for Slocum's land in the Everglades to wrongly be reclassified for commercial development. And as a further result, F. Delmar K. Cleghorn lost his realtor's license. And that completes our story, except for this brief epilogue. Several weeks later, on a star-filled night in Tumbleweed Valley, riders in the sky sit on their front porch and search the skies for shooting stars. Oh, there's one, I think. Oh, no, that was a firefly. Ow! Side mate, I got a bone to pick with you, and it came from this coffee. Eh, so that's where that turkey neck got to. Give me that thing. Gladly. I need it to make some soup tomorrow. I'm eating out tomorrow night. Boys, 
Boys, it sure is nice sitting here just relaxing on our old front porch. Yeah, after that wild adventure down in Florida, it sure is nice to have some peace and quiet again. Yeah. Boy, it sure is. Hey, anybody hungry? I'm a little peckish. You just name it, I'll fix it. Popcorn? Nope. Sandwich? Nope. Ice cream? No way. Side meat, I thought you said just name it and you'll fix it. I did, but you ain't named it yet. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Oh, I gotta write the jokes around here. <laughs> hey, look, there's a shooting star. Where? Over there, above Mystery Mountain. And it looks like it's gonna go right over it. You know what? It sure does. Gosh, it sure is bright. It must not be that far out in space. Hey, here it comes. Boy, if I didn't know better, I could say I could almost hear it. Now. Gosh, I thought I heard it, too. <laughs> I think we've been staring at the sky too long. I'm going to bed. Oh, I guess it's time for me to turn in, too. Turn into what? <laughs> Good night, too, Slim. Good night, Ranger Doug. Good night, Woody Paul. Good night, Ranger Doug. Good night, Woody Paul. Good, Good night, Side Me. Good night. Good night, Joey. Good night, Turbo. Good night, Texas Vic. Good night. Good night, Good night, Good night George. Good night, Texas Vic. Good night, Larry Ashcraft. And that concludes Raiders of the Vanishing Everglades. But more high yodeling adventures await Riders in the Sky next week. Same time, same station, right here at this Theater of the Mind. And now here again are Riders in the Sky, Joey the Cowpoker King and rocket scientist Danny Davis.
This is the VXU Radio Network. I'm Bob Edwards. For the in-depth view of what's happening in the world, tune in to Morning Edition, weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. Mike Martini supplies the tri-state news and all the sports from Riverfront, and I'll have the national and world picture. Morning Edition is all the information you need with the details you've always wanted. Make plans to start each day with Morning Edition on the WVXU stations. Riders Radio Theater is brought to you by Jake Sweeney Automotive, featuring Chevrolet, Chrysler Plymouth, Mazda, BMW, and Jeep Eagle, with locations in Tri-County and Florence. Also, Saturn dealerships in Springdale and Florence. Jake Sweeney Automotive, thinking of you. Our forecast for this evening, mostly clear with lows in the mid-50s, light northwest winds. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 78, light north winds. Saturday night, clear with a low of 53. And Sunday, sunny with a high of around 80. Right now, on the campus of Xavier University, we have 68 degrees under mostly clear skies. AP News is next. WVXU, Cincinnati. WVXC, Chillicothe. WVXR, New Paris, Richmond, and WVXM, West Union. Radio with a view. 91.7 WVXU, Cincinnati. 89.3 WVXR, New Paris, Richmond, and WVXC, Chillicothe. And 89.5 WVXM, West Union. The WVXU State Network News. I'm Mark Hamrick. The Navy's top civilian, Secretary Lawrence Garrett, is leaving his post. He acknowledges what he calls leadership failure, demonstrated by the allegations of sexual assault made by 26 women, some officers, at an aviator's convention in Las Vegas. In a letter to President Bush, Garrett makes it clear he had no direct role in the reported assaults. The scandal has been closely watched by President Bush, since he, too, is a former Navy flyer. The AP's Jerry Bodlander has reaction from the White House. White House spokesman Marlon Fitzwater says President Bush is very upset about the tailhook incident and is concerned both for the integrity and conduct of the Navy as well as bisexual harassment in it. In a statement announcing the acceptance of Garrett's resignation, Fitzwater says sexual harassment will not be tolerated. Fitzwater says the president was briefed by Defense Secretary Cheney on the staff.